um, youth in the city and uh, college is not for everybody and getting people on the right path. And what we're about to talk about here, and y'all are going to want to listen to this, I think it's brilliant. Um, Aaron Fruman joins us now, Executive Director of Uncommon Construction. Good morning, Aaron. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's really awesome to be with you guys this morning. It's incredible what you're doing. Tell me the background of all of this. How did all of this get started, Uncommon Construction? Awesome. Cool. Well, for those folks who aren't familiar, Uncommon Construction is a nonprofit here in New Orleans. Um, We build houses with high school students and use the profits to pay for scholarships for the young people who build the houses. Um, This is sort of a culmination of a big journey for me. We're in our eighth year as an organization, but I I came to this work or this work found me uh, when I dropped out of college um, back in 2005. And that year, I called the Red Cross to make a $25 donation after Hurricane Katrina, which put me on this whole path um, to explore non-college pathways and what I could do, um, you know, with my work ethic, uh, you know, curiosity, exploration, and and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's been a real, real long journey. You know, I've worked for Habitat for Humanity here in town. I was a classroom teacher uh, for a number of years. So Uncommon Construction brings a lot of those things together to create a really transformational experience for our youth. Are you from a, a family of construction workers or carpenters or anything like that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, actually. You know, my grandpa uh, was involved in some home construction in the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a teacher, my brother's a journalist. So you're going to college? Uh, you know, I'm the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one without a postgraduate degree. Well, you know? I think um, what you're doing is pretty important, and we'll, and we'll get to the details in a second. So it's after Katrina, you volunteer for the Red Cross, and then what happens? Or so you, you donate to the, the Red, Red Cross? Cross for, yeah, I donated for the Red Cross, and then, and then I asked uh, the operator how I could do what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she signed me up for a volunteer shift. I'm originally from California, so I started volunteering with the Red Cross from California, and then they— sent me here for two field deployments where I was, you know, hooking people up with resources and, and things that they needed. And the city was in, you know, I'll have to tell your listeners, was in a pretty bad, bad situation. And nobody was asking me what degree I had that qualified me to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that sort of unlocked this sense of what's possible um, and, and how some of those, like, call them traditional college pathways, you know, might be limiting in really exploring what our interests are or might even slow down the process of finding what you can get excited about. So take us um, through. So, I'm sorry. Continue, please, Aaron. No, go ahead. No, I'm no, just no, saying, no, t- take us through step by step, if you will, how the program works and whom it helps. Awesome. So our young people attend uh, public charter schools here in New Orleans. We're We've defining got, young people as? Like, uh, young people are ages 16 and up. Okay. So we hire these young people as W-2 employees. So they're covered by our workers' comp insurance. We do payroll taxes. We're not stipending or 1099ing anybody. They have to attend one of our partnering schools and the homeschool collective, NOLA Homeschoolers, that we work with. Um, so they apply for the a position as an apprentice with Uncommon Construction. They have an interview. Uh, they're offered a job. They accept the job, and then they show up for the first day. So that process in itself is a program where we recruit and select these young people for opportunities Uh, in this lucrative industry. Um, Then they enroll, right? And so they come out, um, they join a team uh, of, you know, 20 to 25 young people per house per semester um, to build. And the build days are are Saturdays, and then we get together after school uh, for a professional development series that we call Framing Characters, or Building Houses, Framing Character. 
what it, what does that consist of? Because I'm confused whether you're framing houses or or, or while yeah, you're framing totally. houses, you're you're building character. Yeah. So we, um, you know, our young people every semester get over a hundred hours of technical on the job training in an environment that puts a very intentional focus on the development and demonstration of soft skills. More than any credential or degree or whatever, these soft skills, all the research points to them as being far more universally applicable um, to what's needed in the workplace, not just in our industry, but in, in all industries. Now you're saying soft like skills? Work ethic. Yeah, so these are things like team work ethic, problem solving, professional attitude, communication, right? Um, and, and we use this research-based framework to really pull those things out where they're really observable on a construction site. So one example of these is um, unpacking problems into manageable parts, right, or looking for more work when you're done. Um, these are things that are, are super observable on a construction site. It seems like critical thinking, those, though, it, those. in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Okay, totally. good, good. I yeah. didn't mean to interrupt. So it's, no, it's all good. Um, and so we, we experience those on Saturdays, and then we contextualize them after school. Um, after school sessions, uh, you know, are team-building exercises. We go on field trips to commercial construction sites. We collaborate with professional architects for the design of the houses that our young people then build when they're in the program. Um, so we're really connecting a lot of dots. Um, not just in like, okay, here's how you set up a ladder, here's your personal protective equipment, and those kinds of things, which can still become like, you know, textbook-based and sometimes boring. It doesn't just all of a sudden unlock uh, for a young person just because, you know, it happens to be about construction. We need to put it all in context and have a real experiential education um, opportunity for them. So you build the houses on Saturday and after school, Saturday weekends, or just Saturdays? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Saturdays, and then we have a few weekday opportunities. You know, when schools are on vacation, we open leadership builds for young people. Um, we do work with subcontractors, you know, so we sub, we sub out warranty items and things like that. Um, you know, things you need a special license for, like yeah. electrical, plumbing, HVAC, those kinds of things. Um, but our young people are, are critically involved in pretty much every other phase of construction, right? Like they're doing the, the rough carpentry, fr like framing, installing windows and doors, uh, interior and exterior siding and trim, um, you know, all kind of painting, paint prep, landscaping, fencing, you name it. Um, our kids are getting, our young people are getting their hands on a lot of these different phases. And that's where the on-the-job technical training comes in. And what happens to the houses? We can do the house a number of different ways, right? So through one lens, we're just a, a residential general construction company building and selling houses in the market. Um, but we can also... Uh, partner up strategically with other organizations in the city to build houses at an affordable rate. So we've done one house through the New Orleans Redevelopment Authority um, in the Lower Ninth Ward that was sold uh, to a, a family earning 80% area median income. We did another one in the Treme with the Preservation Resource Center. We've also just been hired by first-time buyers who were like, hey, we're going to you know, spend a bunch of money on a house. We like the design that your young people came up with. Can we hire you? Uh, as a contractor on a vacant lot that we've identified. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that we can do the house, right? Um, it, what matters is how we do it and how we engage our young people in that process along the way. How many kids are involved now, and is, the fee, is it full? Are you turning kids away? <laughs> yeah. So we've, uh, you know, we, we're growing this year. 
Um, and we're really, really excited about that. Um, we, we've received two investments in, in our organization last year that are allowing us to take some big steps. So the first one was the Catalyze Challenge, which is an investment in our local growth here in New Orleans. Where we're evolving our program um, from one tier into a three-tiered model. Um, but essentially, we can take 20 to 25 young people per semester um, to build a house. So that's like 40 to 50 individual kids who are building a house um, from start to finish over the course of the school year. At tier two, this is where your listeners can actually hire our young people to do work on their own homes. So we have a lot of folks in our city who, you know, don't necessarily need charitable home repair work, but have insurance claims from Hurricane Ida, or they have uh, some, you know, critical improvements that they need to make. So you can go to our website and submit a request for a quote. Um, and that's a group of about 10 to 15 kids, young people who will come and work uh, for projects on your on your house as well. We get like twice as many applications as we have positions for, um, which is really exciting. It's it's indicative of the need and the interest of our young people um, and, and the value that they can bring to the needs of our community as well. I think it's an, a remarkable program. We're going to take a break. We'll pick it up here when we come back. Um, I, I guess you need – we'll talk about what you need and, and – the results of what you've seen in the program. I've often thought that there's a, one of the things that maybe inner city youth need to be made aware of is that it's not a, a rock star or a um, uh, an athlete with mansions and God knows how many cars or death. That there's 99% of the world does most of their living in between all of that with living and working and raising a family and taking a vacation every now and then. And that's really what life is, not the extremes of either, you know, slinging drugs and getting shot or, or living the big lifestyle. And I think this is some amazing work that you're doing. We're talking to Aaron Fruman, Executive Director of Uncommon Construction. It teaches high schoolers building skills and life -ish lessons, including critical thinking, and just the construction process itself, and we'll get into that when we come back with, you know, there are actions and consequences and achievements. And if you don't do something right, you fail. I, I think this is the, one of the best things I've heard of in a long time. We'll take a break. I'm Tommy Tucker. This is WWL. 925, Tommy Tucker talking to Aaron Fruman, Executive Director of Uncommon Construction. And it, it, it gets high schoolers teaches them building skills and life lessons, critical thinking. And Aaron, um, you know, having renovated a house and, and, and having grown up blue collar, you might have heard me talking about auto repair and all, so forth. Um, th this is just amazing to me because it teaches so many life's lessons, the construction process in and of itself of, um, I guess, uh, achievement and, and gratification of doing something with your hands or doing it right. And that if you work hard, you accomplish something. Also, that there are consequences to behavior. If you don't do something right, this happens. I, I, where did you get the idea to do this? Yeah, it just sort of, you know, struck me. I, first of all, I really appreciate, you know, hearing your reflection and, and hearing you express some value for, you know, quote unquote, blue collar and, and manual work. Well, I don't mean that pejoratively at all. I don't, I don't mean that. Yeah, totally. Okay. All right. Uh, that's a No I'm way, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, the, there's. Yeah, there's more there's more math, reading, engineering, social skills in a day on a job site or in a machine shop than most jobs experience all year. Totally agree. So, you know, we need to lift we need to lift that up and elevate it. And and what I meant was, you know, I have the fortunate position of being able to hear from people like you, you know, how they've been surprised and how they connect with this work. And exactly that, that feeling, it's an unparalleled sense of accomplishment when you can stand back, 
from what you've done and look at it and feel proud. Um, and that's increasingly rare in our community. Um, so I just love hearing that. And I can't count how many times I've been on a job site or in a shop where I've actually heard your voice. So I know your <laughs> listeners probably appreciate hearing that as well. Well, that's nice of you um, to say, really. But go ahead. I want to know more about this program because there's also a scholarship portion of it, right? There is, yeah. So we come to this because so after the Red Cross was done with me, I got my first job in construction as a day laborer. Um, and that was my introduction to being out on construction now, sites. Now, let me, let me just jump in for a second. Um, you come from a, a, a white-collar professional. And, again, <laughs> I don't mean this in any way that one's better than the other. I'm just saying in terms of paradox, you, you went to the other side, right? I mean, completely from yeah. doctors and professors and so forth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, when I was in college, it was just sort of like shrugging and like, maybe I'll be a lawyer. I don't know, right? Um, and then I was just in a place where I needed work. And I, I found myself in a day labor company, um, you know, uh, too stubborn to go home. And, uh, and I fell in love with it. And it was just really, really awesome. And it was an incredibly formative experience for me, um, you know, being there and, and working with, you know, the men and women that worked out of ASPEAR Workforce in the name of the place in Reno, Reno, Nevada, which is where I landed. It's a long story. But um, that's where, you know, this kind of, you know, interest in construction kind of got a hold of me. Um, Later, I knew, you know, from the Red Cross, I wanted to do a year of service in AmeriCorps. That's I learned about AmeriCorps through the Red Cross. So I signed up for, for an AmeriCorps year, which sent me back here to the Gulf, and I could take some of that construction experience and apply it towards that sense of altruism and the rebuilding effort, right? So I, one of the organizations I worked with when, in AmeriCorps was Habitat for Humanity here in New Orleans, and I went on to be an employee there for a number of years. Um, and it was there that I got just really good at building houses with unskilled labor. Um, and for me, the mission was, how can we create this experience where they can feel accomplished? These volunteers who were coming to New Orleans from all over the country, where they could contribute. Because if we could create a good experience for them, then we can move more people back into their houses after the storm, right? I realized that what that was was teaching people, and I had a knack for it. So I went back to school at Tulane, got my degree, and joined Teach for America. And I was a middle school reading and social studies teacher in Colorado. But right, like the, the traditional classroom didn't work for me and it wasn't working for the young people that I was attempting to teach in one. So I was just trading stories with a colleague and they were like, well, what, what would you do with all this experience? Like, you're just going to keep bouncing from one thing to the other. And I was just trying to put one foot in front of the other and not trip over my shoelaces, you know, um, and realize that, well, gee, if I'm supposed to do anything, it would be build houses with high school students and use the profits to pay for scholarships for the young people who build the houses. So there's a, there's a thread that connects all of my experience where I've kind of had one foot on a construction site and one foot in, in service learning. And if I had another foot, it would be in a classroom. Um, and so it's sort of bringing a, a handful of these things together in ways that other, other organizations that maybe look or sound like, like uncommon weren't really presenting as opportunities, whether it's a credential that's textbook based and in an environment that feels like a classroom um, or it comes too late so after young people have become disengaged and potentially dropped out. Um, and, and to the scholarship piece and the, the return on investment for our young people that you mentioned, you know, there's a different relationship that you have with the work when it's connected to a paycheck. There's a different kind of accountability mm -hmm. when you have to show up for work, right? Um, and when you have a little more skin in the game. So the equity award scholarship that we provide at Uncommon um, we believe that's, that's a more equitable pathway from education to employment for our young people 
helping them to remove barriers that may stand between them and success in their first year out of high school. But we also really believe that it is their earned equity or ownership in the houses that they build together. So these are sort of derived from different places. You know, Habitat has a sweat equity component to their home ownership program, and AmeriCorps has an education award that members get by the end of it. And so we're just kind of adapting and adjusting some of these things that exist in different spaces to also be part of, well, a house, a construction site is, all, is more than an empowering learning environment, right? It also earns money. So how can we take that, you know, free market business model and, you know, use it as a way to leverage the economy that surrounds the construction industry as an investment in our young people so that they can see themselves as being part of it. They can see the opportunity and experience and benefit from it um, early on. So what kind of tradesmen do you have? Or, or I presume you have uh, trade masters that are there teaching these kids. You have carpenters. You got electricians, plumbers. What trades? Yeah, we've got a really um, unique skill set on our staff. Um, so we've got, you know, former habitaters, former educators, and so on. We're hiring. If anybody's out there who thinks this might be a good fit, you can see some positions posted on our website. Um, we work with uh, locally owned subcontractors um, who, you know, connect with or understand our mission. Um, you know, so our electrician, while our electricians aren't necessarily out there having young people wire the switches, you know, they'll let them shadow them for an afternoon right. if that, they happen to be on site at the same time. Which is important because it exposes them to the trade if, in fact, that's what they choose to do. Exactly. It's all abstract until you actually see it, right? It all exists sort of like theoretically until you can actually see it. That's certainly how it was for me. It's only now as an adult that I look back on being a kid where there were suburban subdivisions being built all around me, and I would like go over to them after they had shut down for the day and climb around on all the tractors, right? Um, but my upbringing, my experience just didn't gravitate me towards that, even though I was really curious about it when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, so it's just getting young people exposure, building their awareness. Um, so, yeah, we work with licensed insured subcontractors. We also have really strong industry partnerships. Um, love to give a shout-out to some of those mm -hmm. who maybe they're listening, Landis Construction, Ryan Goody General Contractors, Gibbs Construction, uh, Impetus. Palmasano Foundation has made a big investment, um, is making a big investment in our, our organization and our industry partnership program this year. Um, so we're really excited about what that can look like as we connect young people to the opportunities um, in our community. Um, and just really, really exciting stuff. So we try and, and expose young people to diverse representation in the traditional ways that we think about diversity, as well as, you know, some of these big construction companies have accountants on staff, mm -hmm. right? Like they have lawyers that they have retainers with, right? Like, so there's, there is an economy that surrounds our industry in ways that extend beyond, I say just, but, you know, extend beyond just working on the job site. Um, See, what you and said. just being a tradesperson. Aaron, right? when you said exposure, that's everything because there may be kids that don't have a lot of guidance, that don't really know what an electrician does. They're not even aware of what an electrician does. But once you expose them to that, then you know what? 
then maybe they get very interested in that. Maybe that's what they want to do. Or maybe Mm -hmm. they frame a house and then they realize, you know what, this is hard work. Maybe I'd rather uh, take that scholarship money and become an accountant and work in an office. I think what you're doing is phenomenal. I really do. This is the best thing I've heard in a long oh, time. I mean that sincerely. Thanks. Did, do you have a feel as though, and I'm not trying to bring religion or spirituality or anything into this, but that this is what you were meant to do, this is what you were put on earth to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel really lucky that, like, you know, where I get to find myself doing something that um, I just happen to stumble upon and that it, it's it's found alignment and found purpose in it. I feel really, really fortunate. And I hope for the same um, for our young people, too. Right? But you, are cha- you know you're changing lives, and, and as a result, you're changing the world, or at least a little part of it. Well, our young people, there's a lot of people. This is a big team effort, right? And our, mm-hmm. our young people, are, one of the things that I love about this is, like, you kind of take your destiny in your own hands, right? So I, I've been able to put all my tools in my truck and show up in a new city, and had confidence that I'd be able to make it, right? And that's the kind of thing that we're trying to impart to our young people as well, is that you, you have a right of self-determination uh, in this world and that you can, you can make of it what it is. And I think about other things that are exciting for Uncommon. I mentioned the Catalyze Challenge. We're also in a place where, you know, these are big, challenging problems that exist not just in New Orleans but elsewhere. And so another um, opportunity that came to us that we that, – uh, is to begin expanding into other cities across the country. Um, we were named a, a winning finalist of something called the Yas Prize um, towards the end of last year that, that represents a big investment in taking what we've developed here in New Orleans and letting this be an epicenter for change in and around our industry from the inside out and outside in um, in cities across the country. So last year we launched in our first new location. We're looking at another one later this year. Um, and so we're interested in kind of exploring what's possible. Um, and are just really excited. So to your question about like, what was I put here to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I just continue to be excited and surprised and, and grateful that this is the way that I get to contribute, um, to affecting change in our local community, to representing what's possible in our broader communities, uh, and just feel really, really lucky and proud about that. I think what you're doing, this is my opinion, Aaron, is as godly as God can be and as American as America can be. For those that cloak themselves in the flag for this or that or the other thing, I think you are doing it, and I commend you for doing that. If people want to get involved, what's the website? How do they get in? What are, how do they help? What can they do? Awesome. Yeah, so come come find us, um, Uncommon, www.uncommonconstruction.org. You can find us on all your social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter as well. Um, through our website, you can find opportunities to donate if this resonates with you. Um, you know, we earn back 70, 60 to 70 cents of every dollar that's donated. Um, so your donation to Uncommon Construction goes a long way as we invested in a younger and more diverse workforce. Um, and the young people in our communities and, and showing them what's possible with, with um, you know, some work and initiatives. So uh, there's opportunities to connect, uh, you know, become one of our employer partners, uh, become one of our regular volunteers. A lot of opportunities on our website, uncommonconstruction.org. And you can find us on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You, Aaron Fruman, are the man. Thank you, sir. <laughs>
Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks All so right. much for having me. You bet. That's extraordinary. Aaron Fruman, Executive Director of Uncommon Construction. That, to me, again, is as godly can be. It's as as godly as God can be, as American as America can be. That, what he is doing right there, that's the future. That's what the future needs to look like. 938-22 till 10. Traffic now. WWL.